Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, James Johnson, as we just mentioned, is on with us now. James joins us uh, from time to time. And uh, James has been joining us overtime here recently with so much going on in uh, pro football. So, James, welcome into the show, buddy. Are you getting ready for a little football? Oh, yeah, absolutely. As you speak, um, I was kind of watching over the Green Bay game again with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, the games and uh, – uh, you know, speaking of Arizona, can't wait to see their uh, their defense in action uh, against uh, Carolina. I think that's going to be uh, one of the great ones. But of course, on the other side, speaking of the great ones, we got two great ones going to be going at it in Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. And I was looking at a stat earlier, and you, you guys remember the last time these two t- these two quarterbacks met up in an a- in the AFC Championship game? Um, no, I don't. Uh, was it uh, two years ago? Yes. Yes. Okay. James, I had a feeling you would know that. So, I mean, somehow, <laughs> buddy. You, you always know. Yeah, 2013, they, uh, the Broncos and the Pats met in the 2013 AFC Championship game, and Peyton Manning sliced and diced the New England secondary as he completed a record, a record number of, Seventy-four point four percent. Let's just round it up and call it seventy-five percent uh, of his passes that day. Thirty-two for forty-three. Now I know we're two years removed from that. He's an older and a little more archaic Peyton Manning, but he still is Peyton Manning at the end of the day, guys. That's right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but one thing to take into consideration here is I think New England's defense has the playoffs are playing a little bit better. They rushed the passer a little bit better than they did then. They got Jamie Collins, Ninkovich. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if Peyton Manning can, you know, implement what he did back then on them now. Because if he does, uh, I think that uh, bodes well for him going into the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Hey, I want to, before we talk about the championship games, James, I wanted to, to ask you for a second, being that, of course, you covered the uh, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Are you hearing anything on the search for our de- new defensive coordinator? Yeah, well, last week they interviewed Jim Schwartz. Um, they don't know the specific date because uh, the Jaguars kind of did it under the radar. As we all know, he was uh, named the defensive coordinator for the Eagles uh, with Doug Peterson and his staff. So oh, Schwartz has like been named uh, the Eagles defensive coordinator? Yes. I did not know that. Yes, sir. Um, Pretty much they're just working out the kinks in the contract and whatnot. And it might already be worked out for all we know. But he will be their new defensive coordinator. He's a guy that, um, you know, he does fit the mold of what Gus Bradley likes to do, using the wide nine defensive end, the Leo. Um, Some people call it the elephant defensive end. But um, Jim Schwartz is a guy that can utilize that kind of defensive scheme. And he's also a guy that caters his defense to the players as well. So 
he would have been a great hire. And that, that one, you know, it hurt some Jags fans. So now the Jaguars are at the point where reportedly they're going to name a defensive coordinator on Monday. And people believe it's going to be an in-house hire of Todd Watch, the defensive line coach, who's a very good coach. Um, he's very good with young talent, especially. Uh, this is a guy that I watch coach at Senior Bowl. I watch coach at many Jags practices. And he can really tap into young potential. Uh, this is a guy that Pete Carroll didn't want to let go from his staff over in Seattle, but a good friend of Gus Bradley. And he was a must-have for Gus Bradley when Gus Bradley did his coaching search. Yeah, well, uh, I'll be honest with you. I uh, was going to ask you about Schwartz because I know that uh, he came calling, and uh, I was hoping that uh, that we were going to get him, and, and I was hoping that the connection between him and Doug Marone, when uh, I think he served as Marone's um, defensive coordinator at Buffalo, did he not? Correct. He, <clears throat> he was uh, Doug Marone's defensive coordinator when uh, Doug Marone was the head coach over there in Buffalo. So, yeah, they know each other well, and they've known each other for a while before that as well. So um, they're very familiar with each other. Now, I had heard a couple of other names that were in the mix for the Jags' defensive coordinator position. One of them was Atlanta's defensive back coach, who's never had any coordinator experience, Mark Ann Manuel. And then you had Miami's um, uh, defensive coach who had uh, he had filled in on an interim basis last year um, after they had had the coaching change. And uh, was it Lou, <clears throat> Lou Anarumo? Yep, that was uh, and Arumo, right? Correct. So, and they also brought in the um, a coordinator. Um, I think his last name was Henderson from the Cowboys. He was a secondary coach, should I say, as well. So, so you think any either any of those guys you think not going to be seriously considered? You know what? Uh, Gus Bradley did this last year, where he brought in multiple coaches to uh, you know basically interview for the offensive coordinator role. Two of those coaches, or three of those coaches, were Nathaniel Hackett, Doug Marone, and Greg Olson. As we all know, all three of those are now part of the staff. So maybe what Gus Bradley could be doing is trying to bring them on all together as a staff because the Jaguars defensive squad as a staff hasn't been all that good. So maybe he wants to mix up things on the coaching staff, and he might want Marquand Manuel as a secondary coach at some site with a, a bigger title than he had in Atlanta. And um, as we all said, the guy from uh, the coach from from Miami, he might want to bring him on as a defensive line coach because, as I said, Todd Wash is going to now be the defensive coordinator reportedly, and somebody's going to have to take his place as a defensive line coach. So it wouldn't surprise me if those guys were named as assistants to the Jaguars' defensive uh, positioning. Absolutely, and uh, this kind of flew under the radar, and it has some connections to the University of Georgia and the NFL, and that is Brian Schottenheimer returns to uh, his NFL roots as he's gone back uh, or gone to the NFL as the Indianapolis Colts' new quarterbacks coach. Yeah, Schottenheimer was named their quarterback coach. Um, as we all know, he uh, was with Georgia this year um you know good good riddance buddy (laughs) right right a lot of people didn't like the job he did and his play calling and i mean you look at grayson lambert and you look at how lackluster george's offense was 
as a whole. I mean, I went to one of their games personally <laughs> against Florida, which they got embarrassed mm. in. And the Georgia Bulldogs simply didn't look like themselves as an offensive unit. Granted, you know, they, they were missing Nick Chubb, but still, yeah, and still. You know, we're used to Georgia being a prolific offense that throws the ball around, throws the ball vertically. That's something that we've missed since Mike Bobo has been gone. We used to throw the ball downfield very well, as well as we used to run the ball very well. It's and a new day, brother. Now. Yep. Yep, it's a new day. Times are changing. Kirk. We no longer look like that team. Listen, a good defensive team. It is going to be. there where we were in offense. Absolutely. Listen, Jacob Eason, Jim Chaney, we got big Isaac Nauta. Oh, oh man, yeah. Kirby Smart. The future is bright, isn't it, James? Absolutely. I love what George has done in this off season. You know, Kirby Smart, as you said, great hired, has Georgia ties. He's from Norcross, as we all know, Georgia native. Went to the University of Georgia. He's a bulldog at heart. He belongs in at Georgia, and that's home for him. And I think he's going to do very good things. We're already good defensively. He's just going to take what we have, add to that defensively. And as you said, he hired Cheney, who is a very underrated coordinator. Um, and he hired him as the offensive coordinator. And I think Cheney's going to do some good things, especially now that he's going to have some five stars on his side. He's going to have Jacob Easton and, as you said, Nasa. So those are going to be the guys to look for going forward. Yeah, I had to crank it up there for just a second. but uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to James Johnson. Normally it's about pro football, but we had to in- inject a little Georgia football there in our conversation. So how'd you like that? <laughs> Monty's trying to come back with his Tennessee. <laughs> James, I didn't know you was a Georgia fan. Yes, sir, I am. I've been a Georgia fan for the longest. And uh, even though I spent a lot of my college years in Jacksonville, which is pretty much Gator Nation. City number two, if you want to call it that, aside from Gainesville. Um, I rep the Bulldogs proudly in that process. <laughs> well, you know, Jacksonville has the largest Georgia Bulldog club of anybody yep. in, the, in anywhere. Yep. Oh, yeah, they have huge Georgia Bulldog support there, immense Georgia Bulldog support. And it's because a lot of people from Georgia, when they do move to Florida, Jacksonville is one of those cities that a lot of those people move to. Yeah. 